Broadcasting live from the Business Radio X studios in Atlanta, Georgia, it's time for High Velocity Radio. Welcome to the High Velocity Radio Show, where we celebrate top performers producing better results in less time. Stone Payton here with you. Please join me in welcoming to the broadcast with Accelerate, Mr. David Harris. How are you, man? Great, Stone. It's great to be here, and uh, what a great uh, show you had. Well, it is an absolute delight to have you on the show. I've really been looking forward to this. Some of our listeners may be able to tell already uh, you're a little south of us, even though we're in South America, in, in Georgia. <laughs> yeah, well, we're just in downtown Australia. <laughs> I like that. That's perfect. Uh, so I got a ton of questions, man, and, and I know we probably won't get to them all, but I think a great place to start would be if you could share with me and our listeners uh, mission, purpose. What are you and your team really out there trying to do for folks, man? Um, I suppose it sort of captures this. We're really about trying to help businesses grow. Now, look, there's a million of those types or our types of businesses across the world. The difference is we're trying to help them with a fact-based or evidence-based approach. So if you go online, if you go onto Twitter, you'll find there's millions of people saying, oh, I just got you know my first million-dollar customer and I only paid $10. Well, I don't think any of that's really factual. <laughs> so what we're really, looking, what we're really looking for is what's the evidence and how do we actually help uh, small startups, medium businesses grow bigger, faster. And in my background is that I've helped businesses between, you know, startups to uh, $850 million in revenue. So I've got this enormous width of, of experience, knowledge, education even, uh, that says, well, okay, let's approach this in the right way, not in sort of some crazy way. So for us, it's about facts, it's about evidence, and we want to talk about that whenever we're talking to potential clients or wherever we're being uh, interviewed by wonderful people like you, Stone. <laughs> well, yeah, take me back to the beginning, if you would. Tell me a little bit about your backstory. How in the world did you end up in, in this line of work? Well, uh, strangely enough, if I go back far enough, and it does seem like it's back in the Stone Ages, uh, but... Uh, you know, I left school at 18 uh, and uh, I got a job in a retailer. And in those days, you know, everything was physical. There was no online business. So I'm showing my age. And in my <laughs> first uh, month of, of being in this business, um, unbeknown to me until after the end of the month, I was the number one salesperson. And that was a bit of a shock to me. I thought, oh, Anyway, I was a bit keen to be there, number two, number one salesperson in month two. And I did that for every month for about 18 months until they promoted me. So they got me out of the place by <laughs> making me the, an assistant manager somewhere in the back of nowhere. So, you know, that was sort of my story. And what, what has always been of great interest to me is why? Why does one salesperson always out-achieve uh, or overachieve compared to a group of others. Why does one business overachieve faster or grow faster than others? Why does, you know, one online store, you know, boom that compared to all the others? And so across the world, that why has driven me to all sorts of places. And so it's a sort of lifelong learning. 
and it's taken me to be uh, a director of businesses you know, in the last sort of 10 or 15 years that have been between 200 and 850 million in revenue. Um, so I've had all this experience of hiring and firing CEOs with the rest of the board, uh, making sure governance and, you know, all the other things that we do, strategy at a board level is, is done. And in my earlier years, um, I owned a number of retail, you know, sort of franchise type. I was a franchisee of multiple retail businesses. So, you know, I've sort of done it on all sides and I'm using that, if you like, along with sort of a marketing background to say, okay, how do we really help all of these startups, small and medium businesses, uh, try and miss all the wrong turns and get them into the right turns? And that's really the, the driver, I think, Stone. Well, I, I can tell that you love the work. What What are you finding the most rewarding at this point? What What are you enjoying the most about the work? Well, I think if I turn that the other way and say, what's the most challenging thing for, for businesses? And that is online. Because whether you're a retailer in downtown, you know, the West of the USA or in the UK or in Australia or in Canada, the Western world is seeing a huge change from you know, regional uh, towns aren't growing and most of them are sort of shrinking. Uh, and so if you've got a physical business, whether you're an accountant or a professional or a, I don't know, furniture retailer or something or other, if your town's not growing, then, you know, you're going to be caught. You're going to eventually have to either exit or you have to find a way to sell more. And the only way to sell more is to sell online. And that world uh, has dramatically changed since COVID. Why has it changed since COVID? One, there's significantly more people buying online, including B2B, which was always thought to be quite protected, but I'll get to some stats on that in a minute. So that's meant that retailers and businesses have had to change the way they sort of act, how they think and how they communicate to win more buyers online. Does that make sense, Dave? So let's talk a little bit about about the work. If a company like Business Radio X, for example, we're a media operation. We've had a good run. We're pretty successful. We definitely have our our own uh, set of challenges, and and I'm sure sometimes we could just ought to get out of our own own way uh, early in an engagement cycle, if you will. Like, how does the work start to un un Fold. Walk us through the process, if you would. Yeah. So if we think about this, even starting from the very starting point of Google. So what Google wants every business now to do is to show its expertise, its authority, and its trustability. They call that mm-hmm. EAT, E-A-T. Um, but every business today, if they're wanting to sell more online, they've got to display more credibility, trust, and authority. And that is very hard for many businesses. So the first thing we want to establish is, okay, you want to sell more online? Yes. How do we sell more online? Let's first start with getting your scores. We've got a system where we can score a business quite quickly about their trust, credibility, and authority. And we very quickly come to a view about, okay, how do we scale that? And we talk to businesses about, you know, we can probably get you a 100x or 100 times improvement in 30 days. Wow. And we can demonstrate how we can do that, why we can do it. 
Sometimes we don't guarantee we can do it. Uh, it depends on how good they are already on their trust score. But it is potential that it is possible that you can actually move the dial significantly if you do, you know, some of the many things that we talk to them about. So the step, step one is trust, authority, and, and uh, uh, you know, expertise. The second part is what your buyers want to know and what they expect you to tell them online is why should I only buy from your business rather than your competitors? Mm. So it sounds simple. But, you know, in taking your case, Stone, there's probably, I don't know, 3,000, 3 million podcasting businesses. Yeah. So why, why should your ideal buyer buy from you or use your services? Now, that takes a fair bit of um, work for, you know, the owners of a business or the business leaders to wrap their head around because uh, they're very normally say, oh, well, we get 3% market share and, we, you know, we take home X dollars and I get paid such and such and it's sort of cruisy. Well, and it's cruisy at the moment, maybe, or maybe you're really up against the wall and it's not cruisy. But <laughs> one way or another, you have to address this. And if you can't explain to your ideal buyers why they should buy from you, who else is going to do that? No, it's an excellent point. And I can tell you in our world, almost two decades ago, when Lee Cantor and I started this business, he and I own the, own the network. It was a very different world. Very few people were doing digital radio or podcasting. And so it was, it was very easy to articulate the distinction between the work we were doing and your more uh, traditional terrestrial kind of radio. And now, it, the podcasting is so prolific, we can pretty much, we can explain it given it enough time and given it enough trust. Uh, but, but I mean, it's a lot of energy and it, it commands a lot of resources for us to have those conversations and help a prospective client understand that. And, um, yeah, so we've actually lived through exactly what you're describing and, um, and probably still need to do a better job of it. Well, every business is faced with these problems, Stone, so you're not alone. The real story now is that 70% of potential new buyers with a transaction size up to $500,000, and this is according to McKinsey, the world's largest global consulting company, see little or no need to meet a human ever. Hmm. So if you're selling a, you know, a $200,000 computer uh, technology package, they don't want to see you in purpose in person. In fact, what they really want to do is they want to see all the information on your website that explains why they should buy from your business or only buy from your business. Two, that looks like you really know the answer to everything, so you're very trusted, uh, have a lot of authority as a business. Uh, but most importantly, you've got everything on that website or landing page that delivers the trust, the credibility, and makes it really easy for them to say, yeah, I think we need to buy from these guys. Now, 75% of the world's businesses do not do this. Yet 70% of their potential buyers are wanting this, or in fact, that's they're buying from those businesses that, that deliver that. Well, and it certainly sounds like you coming in and and viewing. I'm going to keep using us as a as the uh, <laughs> as the example. As example, I got to tell the listeners out there: if you want some really good top notch consulting, 
uh, for free, at least in the beginning, j- get yourself a radio show. <laughs> you get yeah. to talk to some, to some really smart people. But no, it's the best way for me to kind of internalize it, um, I, I think. But, but as you're talking, I'm thinking about, you know, Lee and I, our studio partners, the whole team, I think maybe we're so close to it, right? So we think the website looks fine to us, right? The, our our, uh, our our e-presence out there in the world looks fine to us. But someone like, like you and your team coming in with fresh eyes and perspective and apparently with these tools that help us really tell us where we are and, and where our opportunities for growth are, that sounds to me like it would be invaluable. Well, it, it does make it, well, we hope and we believe we can make a difference. Uh, and we've approached it in the way in which the biggest problems exist. You know, if you go to a normal digital advertising agency, what they're going to say to you is, oh, look, uh, you need some paid advertising. So we're going to do some Google AdWords. Let's put some paid ads on Facebook. Let's do this and this and this. And they will work to some extent, but they won't work unless you've really gone and looked after the fundamentals, which is, are you as a business, um, an expert, an authority and trusted compared to your competitors? And if you're not already that for Google, it's very unlikely you're going to be for real people. So all this paid money, paid advertising is going to have, you know, a pretty poor conversion or mm. put it another way, your return on investment is going to be pretty lousy. So you've got to fix the framework for the house. You know, you've got to become trusted, more authority, a more expert or to be seen that way and hopefully are. <laughs> um, do you see where I'm going? Well, I do see where you're going, and I can see some, especially early stage companies, uh, needing to to work on on um, uh, creating thought leadership and 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 the language and all that, and then getting it out there. But I can also see very well established organizations who they really do have expertise. They do have authority when when they get the work. They are well trusted, but but they're they're not doing a great job of. Um, of getting that out there in a way that people can, can understand that without these big, long conversations, right? It seems like that's, that's, a, it seems like that's where you're really filling the void. Yes, and I think it's, it, the difference here is that we've got to look at this as being human, you know, people mm. to people. And at the really simplest level, you cannot be friends with someone you don't trust. It's just normal human nature. On a commercial level, and especially online, you won't buy from a business that you don't trust first. Mm. That's the gap. How do you make a business, you know, a lawyer, an accountant, a a retailer, uh, who is unknown in other markets where they're trying to sell to the next city or cities or the next state, how do you build them from being just another retailer selling another range of furniture or just another lawyer uh, into something where someone says, oh, look, you've got to go and deal with them? You know, these guys are the, are the smart guys. So that's the, the quandary and that's the space that's the most critical part that helps set businesses and differentiate them from their competitors. Well, I'll tell you what's coming into focus for me as a result of this conversation. I mean, intellectually and even viscerally, I, you know, I recognize that you have to win a person's trust if you're going to really be able to serve them and, and, and to get their, 
business, but it, it's even it, it's even more fundamental than that. You're not even going to get a shot at winning their trust further in in today's world. You're not even going to get a chance if you if that's you, right. That's because that's where people. I bet you, man. What what uh, what a noble pursuit! What, so, do you find yourself? I think I know the answer. To this is yes, but I still would love to hear you kind of expound upon it. the The whole sales and marketing thing for for you and your team. I guess you kind of have to, as we would say here in, in South Georgia, in, in Georgia, um, you kind of have to eat your own cooking, don't you? And, That's right. And do That's what right. you're out there practicing, uh, preaching. And, and we're also learning every day, you know. So we're learning with clients, but also we're learning in our own instance. Uh, and there's amazing, uh, you sometimes think that you are climbing Mount Everest. You know, you sort of think, oh, well, I'm nearly towards the peak now. We must know everything. I need to turn around the corner and think, oh, there's so much more we didn't realize. <laughs> We've just found another, you know, 500 layers to make uh, businesses more trusted, credible, and so they can grow faster. So, you know, we're in a continuous state of learning and applying that thinking and that learning uh, for clients. We're saving them years or decades um, because we're able to say, well, look, in a really simple sense, I don't mean simple in terms of, you know, clients are simple. It's just let's simplify something so complex. In a really simple sense, these are the basics in which you need to operate in a human way, and we have to apply that in a digital way. Hmm. And you're not only identifying the gaps, but when you identify the gap, you've got a, a solution set. You have tools that help close the gap for for your client. Absolutely. And part of that uh, is really uh, getting clients uh, uh, online and into podcasting is a great example. Hmm. Because, you know, when you think about it, what's missing for most online websites is um, the credibility of having a person online uh you know, or decision maker or the owner or whatever, but getting them into a situation where they're being heard uh, and where they're, you know, hopefully sounding sensible, logical uh, and trustworthy. And so by exposing people to that, uh, podcasting is a critical step in my view. Um, and it's really about delivering what I call the power of more trust. The more you're seen, you know, some people aren't, ideal for that but you know in most cases you can help people be seen more be heard more mm -hmm. which helps them sell more yeah and of course you know you're singing my song but but particularly i think if you can have a, a real uh authentic conversation have those people have you know genuine conversations around around their work and the why behind the work and what they've learned and it uh yeah i do i think it's a great way and it's how um, just in full transparency to our audience, it's how David and I initially got connected because he, you know, we're in that regard, we're on a uh, on a similar quest to to help people get out there and build those relationships and grow that business. And yeah, I do think this platform is one of those marvelous ways to establish that. Uh, and I wrote that down in my notes. They they eat right the to demonstrate in a non salesy kind of elegant way the expertise and and to visibly. Um, demonstrate uh, authority and and uh, cultivate that that trust. Um, so yeah, I'm in 100 percent agreement. Amen. <laughs> so uh, I, I want to shift gears on you for a moment and, and talk about um, you know you are out there. You're practicing your craft, and fortunately, what you're doing for people also helps you grow your your own business. D have you had the benefit of one or more? 
mentors along the way that kind of helped you navigate this terrain of, of, of running your own business? Well, well, of course, yes, there's hundreds in a way. I'm not sure, I haven't really paid a mentor uh, mm-hmm. ever, but I've found people along you know, life's journey where you say, oh, what they're saying is really interesting. And so, you know, you spend some time with them one way or another. You might read about them. You might. I think we all pick up valuable snippets from each other. You know, I'll capture something about you, Stone, today that I think, oh, that's that's really interesting. In fact, I already have. Um, and we can chat more about that if you want. But, mm-hmm. you know, in our initial conversations pre this podcast, um, you know, I've immediately identified that this is, you know, you deliver a high level of trust, credibility and authority. You mightn't realise it, but you do. And I can see how that can work for stacks of other businesses. So, you know, you're already on that journey. Whether or not you actually realise how powerful it is, what you've got and how you can magnify that uh, in your sort of sales process, that's another story. But, you know, you have it. Um, and why that's important, I think we should really connect the dots for listeners, is that if this trust, credibility, and authority wall has been able to be got over, think of it as a big wall. You've got to be more trusted, credible, and have authority. Then the global average is something like this. Your revenue growth will be five to eight times faster. Your margin will be 16% higher. Your marketing and sales performance will be 22 times more recognisable your operating profit margin will be 19% higher on average. Your total shareholder returns will be two times more. Now, that's not me. That's, you know, the smart people in the world who've said, you know, we measure these things about how businesses are more trusted. All I've done is, or we've done, is simply just, you know, collated those results. But they're big results. Uh, and I would have thought everybody wants to grow five or eight times faster, have more margin, be more recognisable without having to pay more advertising, um, and so on. So the dots are you can save money and make more money and sell more by at least starting with trust, credibility, and authority before you start getting to the next step. And, you know, we can talk about what the next step is well if you want to stone, but, you know, <laughs> there's a real formula here. There's real mathematics that says this is the space you start with. Well, those are some very impressive stats, uh, those, those numbers. And I, I really like that, okay, here is the situation, here's current reality, here's the opportunity, and here is a, a roadmap with specific uh, tools, resources that we can bring to bear to, to close the gap. So I would, to me, I would qualify that as genuine um, methodology, like you can, you can actually do something about it. Are, are you finding that you're gravitating to a uh, certain type of business, a certain type of individual, uh, a, a, a sector, uh, or, um, or even like a geographic area? Cause I don't know, man, this sounds to me like you could be d- doing this work all over the world. Well, it is, uh, at least the Western world. Um, the Asian world or the Chinese world is a, a fairly different market. So they expect and see things that are different. <coughs> it's just been culturally. Mm. So yes, across the Western world, you know, Canada, US, UK, New Zealand, they are all the same problem. They, we, we all have the same issues. And 
um, you know, when you start sort of thinking about this, uh, we can deliver, of course, all of this information online. We don't need to meet someone in downtown Georgia or downtown Washington, D.C. or, you know, wherever. You, you, we, apart from time zones, you know, we can do this sort of work just like everybody else can from anywhere else around the world. So, yes, deliverables. In terms of businesses, uh, what we find is that you've got either uh, generally two types. One, they've got their back to the wall and they're really looking for solutions to get them out of that tight corner. You know, they need to break free because they're just getting smashed. And the second type is uh, leaders or business owners who say, look, you know, we, we've got a problem. We've got to be able to grow. And, you know, we can't do it in a physical sense anymore. We've got to get online. Yes, we can be on Shopify. But what are we going to say? What are we going to promote? How are we going to say it? And how do we sort of build this trust, credibility and authority? And what do we do on social media? And what do we do here? You know, it's almost impossible to answer uh, unless you come with a sort of framework that's already proven uh, that helps them get there. Well, and, and these kinds of things, I mean, you rattled off a whole bunch of different things, but even if you... It, well, and make. I want to make sure this is accurate, but I'm I'm operating under the impression that even if one were to make even incremental improvements in just a few of these areas, it seems like it could have a huge impact. I I like to hunt and fish, so I liken it to to sighting in a rifle. Right? If you if you raise the the barrel just a little bit, you know, a hundred yards away. It you know you might hit strike your target you know a couple of inches differently, <laughs> but is, is it the same way with this? Just an incremental yeah. improvement here and there can have a huge impact. Yeah, uh, it can, um, and that really depends on um, what the current businesses, if you like, trust score is. So mm. you know we need to run the, um, the our, our algorithms across their business online. So you know we simply just run a, a report. We get it twenty four hours later. Uh, and we've got a really good sense then about where their gaps are. And sometimes, in fact, the great majority of times for small startups, medium businesses, we can have this huge impact for not significant money uh, quite quickly. Mm. And so, you know, that's what we call stage one is getting that trust authority uh, done. There's a This might also help sort of frame the overall part of the market where the gaps are is that uh, sort of independent 10-year global research across 47 countries, 400,000 businesses found out how to best sell more. So 400,000 businesses, 10 years, 47 countries. And so number one, the gap was trust, you know, trust, credibility, and authority. We've spoken about that. Mm-hmm. Number two gap is your why. So technically, that's value proposition. Who wants to talk about value proposition so your why, why should your ideal buyers buy from you rather than your competitors? Number three of the five is do you have a strategic narrative and pitch? So what does that mean? It means tell me about your business in a story. Don't tell me in dot points. Don't tell me about it in, uh, you know, three sort of paragraphs. Tell it to me like a it would be a story. And so we talk about that as being put that framework or put that narrative together in the same way that the best-selling movies and books of all time have been successful. Mm. And that stru- that storyline structure has a great deal of impact. And so if you build a narrative about why your business is different 
and you tell it in that structured way, then you have a fairly high chance of being 22 times more recognisable than your competitors. Number four, social selling. What's social selling? Well, as everyone knows, people don't really want to be pitched on social about buying a business. So there's a process or buying a service from a business. But there is a process in which you can legitimately and reasonably approach um, ideal targets. But it's different to doing it online, uh, different to doing it, you know, on door to door or in a store. And so social selling methodology allows you to really get good at that. And so we talk about that's the number four gap. And ultimately, the number five of the five is strategic marketing. This doesn't mean spending squillions on all sorts of paid advertising. It just means being really sharp and smart. So they're the five steps that came out of the 400,000 businesses across 47 countries over 10 years. And those five steps are the really big gaps when you start talking to almost every business. Well, I got to tell you, it makes all the sense in the world, especially when when you describe it. And so if if one were to dive into this work with you and, and with your guidance and specialized expertise to help them navigate that, there, I, what I envision is a kind of a quick upshot based on the on the on the statistics, the numbers you shared with us, and then over time, it you probably still need to kind of keep pumping the handle, right? Like there's that's right, right? There, so there there's some over time just to, to stay on top of it because things change. Yeah, speak to that a little bit. Uh, yeah, so I mean, think of this as really building a new house. Uh, or you've bought an old house and you're trying to renovate it, you've got to make sure the structure's right. So the floorboards have got to be right. The, the frame's got to be right. You know, you've got to replace a few bits here and there to make it structurally sound. Well, in an online business, it has to be structurally sound and you have to fill in mm. how you can show that you're more expertise, you've got more authority and you're more trusted than your competitors. So your house has got to be structurally right. The next part is, okay, let's then start talking about, okay, we can build the trust quite quickly, which gets you some traffic and some online sort of hits. But the second step is really, if we don't sort of do that quite quickly, define why your ideal buyer should only buy from you, then you can have the traffic coming that's trusting, but you can't convert it because you can't explain why they should do it. <laughs> why should they should buy from you? So, you know, one and two are almost wrapped together. And then when you get to the third part, which is, well, tell it to me in a story, mm-hmm. not a fake story, but in a narrative, in a way in which I can understand as a potential buyer. And, you know, so that's wrapped together. So one, two, and three aren't far off. So, you know, we can start on the journey, but a bit like building, you can fix the frame, but you very soon need the plaster put on the walls. Then you need a bit of paint to sort of, you know, make it look nice and, you know, you got to put the carpet down. So, you know, there is a few bucks over a few months. Mm. Um, yes, you could stop and say, okay, we've run out of plaster money now. Well, can we restart it again in a couple of months? Yeah, that's okay too. Uh, but, you know, there's a gap in revenue potential. Does that make sense? Yeah, it makes all the sense in the world. And then once you have that structure in place and you continue to 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 grow in, in your business and you continue to have additional stories and you, you can you can now feed this 
machine, or, or at least that's the imagery I'm creating in my own head. Yes, it adult, is. Right? You, you, you know, you just keep the garden up to date. You, you know, paint it every so often. You, um, you know, might put new curtains in it or something. Uh, you know, you never really stop. But your initial purchase, you know, your, your real big cost of getting it, uh, the old house into a new house, uh, you know, once you've got that done, then the rest is really just maintenance. Yeah. Uh, all right. Before we wrap in a few minutes, I'm going to ask you if you would to share a couple of actionable kind of pro tips that our listeners can go ahead and start thinking about and, and, and that kind of thing. Uh, but before we do that, uh, I'm, I'm going to go in a little diff- different direction here uh, a little bit and ask you uh, what the way we say it here is what do you have a tendency to to nerd out about? And I mean, like outside the scope of your work, like I, I told you a little earlier, I like to hunt and fish. My wife likes to paint. She's down at the Reeves Art Center right now helping them hang a new installation. So outside the scope of your work, are you into some other kind of hobby or something that you really just enjoy doing? Uh, Stone, yes. Well, you know, fitness and, you know, keeping the house tidy and mowing the lawns and doing those sort of things. But I have a a rather different uh, hobby that might surprise people um, and – it's really about the artist, and I'm going to explain it in a minute because I just need to differentiate from people who are inside the game. But I'm a, a, a bit of a voyeur for politics. Huh. And so whether it's US politics or Australian politics, uh, you know, I'm, I've only become really interested in the US politics uh, uh, <laughs> as a result of, uh, you know, a particularly unusual person um, being involved in the US. Um, but... Uh, <laughs> But um, so I and the reason the politics interests me is really the same story is, you know, how do why do people vote for one person over another or one party? So it's sort of the extension of what I've already been talking about. And there are a great deal of similarities between uh, them. They're different. But and so uh, I use this sort of art of politics, if you like, and sort of reflect on politics to business and then business back to politics. But I'm not uh, and haven't ever stood for government or parliament or anything like that. So that's, you know, I just want to differentiate that. But the understanding and the crossover and the differences about how to be more successful in the political space are not that much different from being more successful in the business space. I, I am so glad that I asked because I don't, we've never had that answer before. I could tell you that right out of the box, but, uh, but it makes sense. And it's just, I, there is so much of the conversation we've had that you could apply to that world and probably learn a ton. And um, maybe if one so chose actually help a campaign. <laughs> right? Yes. Well, I've actually done that. They, they, you know, ah. Different campaigns have paid uh, us to assist in that. Um, and the market research is really not much different from consumer or business uh, research, not much different from political research. The difference is that, of course, the statements made by um, uh, aspiring candidates um, are more and more not uh, linked to trust and credibility. <laughs> Ah, isn't that the truth? Well, that is interesting. All right, yeah, let's do, before we wrap, I'd love to share uh, with our clients just a couple of actionable tips, something they should be thinking about, reading, 
uh, doing, not doing, and look, gang, the number one tip is uh, if this has piqued your interest, and I'm sure it has, reach out and have a conversation with David or someone on his team. It sounds like he's got some tools to even just help you begin to get your arms around this. But yeah, David, let's leave him with a just a, a couple of pro tips, let's call them, before we go. Well, um, so let's do the free stuff. So on a website, which is acceleratebusiness.today, so www.acceleratebusiness.today, you know, I write a daily blog and there's about 200 or 300 articles in there that's free that talk about, you know, how to do this, how to win trust. <clears throat> a lot of what I've, uh, we professionally might sell is really on there for free. So, you know, go and have a look. It's on the website. It's across the top of the header. Uh, just, you know, click away and we'll read it through. And we have people who read a hundred articles in a day. You know, they just, they get stuck into it. Yeah. So that's the first step. The second step is I might give you some stats uh, that uh, come from McKinsey, again, the world's biggest uh, consulting company. It's, it's public information, so I'm not sharing anything of theirs that's not available for everyone else. But the more online channels a business deploys, the bigger the market share gains. Mm. So the more platforms that a business is on, so that's, you know, really Facebook, LinkedIn, et cetera, et cetera, the bigger the market share gains. Now, there's not a doubt in that. It's just that's true. The second one that might be of interest uh, to uh, buyers is that business-to-business buyers, so, you know, professional services uh, buying uh, something else or people buying their services, accountants, uh, solicitors, anything that's selling business-to-business, you know, over 70% of their buyers prefer a multi-channel approach. So that's, you know, what my first statement was talking about, more channels. Regardless of the industry, the country, the size of the business, or the customer relationship stage. So whether you're just starting to look or whether you're just about to say yes to a business, regardless of that stage, more channels equals more market share, more revenue. Not my numbers, McKinsey, the world's biggest. And the third one of those, which will sort of answer this, is all the potential buyers prefer to buy in three ways. First, the vast majority want to self-serve. So that's social and websites. Two, they only want to deal with a human via Zoom or its equivalent. So human interactions are remote. And if they are really have to and they don't have a choice, then it's person to person in that order. The world has changed, hasn't it? <laughs> and that the point is, I think, Stone, it already has changed. This is not a projection about the future. This is the facts now. Absolutely. Well, this has been just so informative, so inspiring. I can't thank you enough. Uh, what is the best way for our listeners to connect? So let's make sure we leave them with the website and any of those links again, because I want to make sure people can tap into your work and, and have a conversation with you, man. Sure. So we're easily found, <clears throat> as you would expect, we're on a Twitter, we're on LinkedIn, and of course on the website. So accelerate your business dot today. 
There is no AUs or comms, dot coms, et cetera, afterwards. It is simply accelerateyourbusiness.today. That's the website. Secondly, on the website, you'll be able to uh, be chat to us, leave a message. You can send an email directly to me, which is David Harris at accelerateyourbusiness.today. Um, there's a support email address and so on, but I think that's, that'll give you a really easy access to us. Um, and we're, very happy to sort of provide as much information as we can to you for free. Um, when we have to, if we want to go to the next step and we have to sort of dig in and start doing some work, well, yeah, that, you know, obviously we've got to get paid, but you know, we can provide a lot of information that, that allows some um, businesses to self help, uh, do it yourself even. Well, David, it has been an absolute delight having you on the show today. It really has been informing, inspiring. Your your energy and your passion for genuinely trying to to serve, and and using data to help people generate real results and and what I call a actual green dollar ROI is impressive. Man, you're doing important work. Keep up the good work and let's stay connected. But just uh, know that we appreciate you, man. And I sure thank you for joining us. No problems at all. And I wish all of your listeners and you, Stone, all the best. Well, thank you. All right. Until next time, this is Stone Payton for our guest today, David Harris with Accelerate and everyone here at the Business Radio X family saying we'll see you in the fast lane.